This is Idiot Mystic, and I'm with Cat the Alien. I got a lot of eggnog. Lots of eggnog. We're gonna gonna stay. Um, I I don't know. I guess it has a lot of calories, so I'm gonna be fulfilling my calorie intake for the day with my traditional eggnog. Has to be traditional because the spiked eggnog sometimes has cinnamon. Uh, <laughs> for some reason it's just like I feel like if people can't see that you are a well-written character like this fits in with also the 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 Dr. Pepper drinking it's like your Christmas you yes yes but you your this? Christmas your Christmas beverage has to be performed with equal like zeal. Like it can't be a small eggnog, one eggnog. No, you have no idea. Eggnog is literally my favorite thing. I get so depressed when the holidays are over and I can't just go buy eggnog anymore. I know and I know it's something that I could learn how to make, but like me in the kitchen, we don't we don't mix. I'd poison myself if I tried to make eggnog. When you say you and the kitchen don't mix, do you and you can be honest about this? Because like, what does it mean in terms of like? Sorry, I have a new light in case everyone's wondering why I'm so fidgety with lights. But uh, we'll try to discuss that later. But it's a talking point. But when you say the kitchen and you aren't friends, do you just not like cooking? Do you have you not learned cooking? Do you sometimes like cooking? What is it like? the kitchen stuff so there's a few things that i know how to cook my grandparents they everything my grandparents eat and consume is made from scratch for the most part like they hardly like buy pre-made dinners or like i probably the only thing that they don't make from scratch is like pasta noodles like the bread is made from scratch the milk is the milk is milked from the cows either their own cows that they don't have any anymore so they get it from local farmers and um, that's who you grew up with and I spent most of my, a lot, a good portion of my childhood with my grandparents. Um, my little sister and I, since we weren't like allowed to stay with our dad when we visited, our, our, we would actually just stay with our grandparents. So every summer, winter, fall, spring break, holiday visits, we just stayed with my grandparents. Um, so my grandma taught me how to cook a lot of different things. Like I make a mean chicken fried steak. But um, when I prepare the food and I go through the process of handling the food and cooking the food, I it makes it like impossible for me to eat. I, my food aversion is just if if I if the food can just be presented to me already made, I haven't thought about it for an hour straight, so I can actually just get straight into eating it. But like actually thinking about food and handling food, it like makes my appetite just disappear basically. Um, so I do spend so. So this is this is really interesting to me. Some people, let's say from a general like developmental psychology standpoint, if I uh, double like if I'm like, yeah, cat, I'm like that too. Like I also do not like to cook because of this reason, because by the end of cooking, I don't want to eat the food. But cooking for Xander is easy and no problem. I love it all the time. It's easy to do. Right. Cooking, so 
from that developmental standpoint of generalizing about humans, it seems like it's not a, an optimal way of being. But but instead of like, let's say, okay, we've let the psychiatrist say that we're crazy now. And then moving along from this point, it seems like society, like for you to be into cooking and into the kitchen, you would have to be not into other stuff because of how, what the, like, because of, I was going to say like economy of time, but that makes no sense. But I was going to say time economics or scarcity of time. Like, it seems like you could, in fact, if you applied your artistic skills in the kitchen, you could get weird and have fun. But to do that, it would take creating more space for that, right? Right. So, so I'm wondering, like, am I supposed to be someone who forces myself into fitting into these holistic things that a human is supposed to do? Because I do know that ideally I'm supposed to grow and gather and hunt my own food and prepare it by hand or have someone in my family prepare it for me while I do something for them. Like, I do understand that indigenous or that that way of being but it seems like society right now pushes us to not have time or the sanity to do that but maybe do you think I'm reaching too much no honestly I thought actually like I have a very good point off of that one of the things that I at short, short period of time I was getting upset about was my family my like immediate family my mom my stepdad my brothers my sister we never had sit down meals together like or and my mom never like home cooked meals it would be like lasagna and everyone's well there's a few things my mom will make where she throws ingredients together like enchilada casserole it's a staple um but it was it was few and far between most of the time it was pre-made meal meals macaroni and cheese pasta like things that are just quick and easy and we wouldn't even sit down and eat together and I used to think that something was wrong with my family you know I was like oh that's not how families are supposed to be because I had friends whose moms or, or sometimes their dad were stay at home parents and had all day to think about what they were going to make for dinner and had all this time to make for dinner. My mom was a working mom and my stepdad has a brain injury. My stepdad is technically not allowed to cook. Um, and so my mom would get home at like nine o'clock at night from a job. She'd been working for 10 hours. Where does she have time to make a home cooked meal and all of that, you know, and then on her days off, she just wants to spend that time with us not worrying about what to make. And so I kind of realized I was like, it's kind of a privilege to be able to have that time to be able to kind of sit and like make big meals for your family and like spend all of that time in the kitchen. And it may, it may, you know, they're all like, oh, you know, back in the day, and it's like, yeah, back in the day, women weren't allowed to work. That was the only thing they had going for them was to be able to cook dinner for their family. So it was a big part of everything, but it's not it's not the same anymore. Um, I This is interesting because if we were always talking about we mentioned privilege. Right. And I've noticed that some people get. um it's upsetting to them because sometimes while we're talking about privilege from the place they're at, it appears that we are experiencing privilege to be able to talk about privilege. Like they're like, wait, cat is painting and he's just laying there in a Coca-Cola sweater. Like obviously they're privileged because they've had this time. So I guess 
I I always like to add this, like people are watching you paint, but this is the tip of the iceberg. And the, under the water is everything that led up to this point where you can sit in a space where you don't feel like you're oppressed in some way and you can just paint. And I just wanted to add that as a footnote to this moment of you just painting and us. Like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do we I mean, have I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people who kind of thinks that most people have privilege to a point. Me as a white person, I acknowledge I do have white privilege. The amount of felonies I should have been charged with as a young adult that I've gotten away with because the top cop, cop took one look at me and saw a white girl. You know, obviously I don't identify as a girl, but that's what the cops see. They just see... Oh yeah, it's just it's just a white girl. She's no harm. Let's get let her off with the warning. That happened five separate times. Whereas any person of color in the same situation as me would have been taken to jail right away, booked right away, spent time in prison for possession. You know, like I don't know. So like I can I, I can acknowledge my privilege, but I also have to remind people like I had the opposite of privilege my entire childhood I grew up under the poverty line like my mom did her best to provide for us she tried to make sure we never went without but there was times where we didn't have power or we didn't have water or yes yeah, so let's say this point that you're at you could say that what I guess I'm asking you do you feel right now and you can take time to think about this do you feel like you had to earn this even though you already deserved it like I mean, this yeah. I, I and uh, because unfortunately like that's how our society is set up you have to earn your privilege you have to earn your right I had to work extremely hard to get to the point where I could spend my day off doing nothing and painting and recording a podcast like you know three years ago I wouldn't have been able to do something like this three years ago today would have been a day off from my actual scheduled job would have been a day to hustle. I would have been postmating or I would have been trying to pawn some of my crap to pay the bills or I shouldn't say three years ago. I should say like four years ago, three years ago, I got married and ruined my life in a different way. But even then, even then that's like a sort of like, I had to like fight through that. I had to earn the right to, I don't know, find somebody who actually like loves me for who I am and doesn't expect too much of me, who doesn't make me feel like I never do enough. Like Austin's not going to come home today and be like, oh, you didn't do anything besides paint and record your podcast. He's going to be like, cool. I'm glad you had a good relaxing day. You deserve it. I had to go through a lot of shit to get to this point in my life. Uh, Two things. First thing, that painting right now, because my brain is what it is looks like a corridor is full of like shadowy figures in hell and i'm terrified i'm just letting you know that's where no, and that's, that's, I, that's pretty I, close to the vibe that this is this is taking um today i am painting my emotions about the state of the world that is what this is i've been i've, I've had this going in my brain for a while and i've been struggling as you can see the canvas is painted black I had painted something earlier this week and I just, it didn't feel right. So I painted over it and we're starting over. Um, okay. This is so good. This is so good that you said that because I noticed the last few times we've talked about the state of the world, we sound a little, little nihilistic or negative or just like pessimistic. Even they're all different. I feel like they're different aspects of the same spectrum. And I'm, 
I was actually hesitant about continuing to talk like that. So I actually deviated and our last conversation was a little more positive. And I, and it's not that the positivity isn't still there and human goodness and you doing art and Xander's outside doing online school and I'm going to run out and freak him out later. It'll be great. Like life is great. But at the end of the day, there, we seem to be like, this isn't y2k fear-mongering this isn't like 20 2012 is going to be the end of the mayan calendar this appears to be an actual shift in everything that our society has built up to this point and it seems to be coming next year and it seems to be like clearly being telegraphed by everyone who shows us things like who telegraphs things like from investment firms pulling back in certain areas and going heavy in other nonsensical areas and everything else that's going on. I just, I guess I think you're right. And I'm sorry for all the times the last, the last last year when you've sound, told me the earth is burning and that something's happening. I've kind of like, I'm not skirted by it, but I've been like, yes, it is. And so how is your hair color doing? Like, I just like, because I can't bring myself to acknowledge that I'm not trying to make my life more exciting. I, You're being real and you've been telling the truth and I've been like denying it. So sorry. But I see you don't need to apologize because it's not really your fault. You know, like I have always been the kind of person who's like, always prepared for the worst like ever since you know they we take history classes in high school and they say we learn history so we don't repeat history but then they also go history repeats itself and as a person who is neurodivergent and has pattern recognition like that's my thing is I I'm very um I don't know I guess like um gosh what's the word I'm looking for I don't know but like I, I have like pattern re pattern recognition is an innate like natural instinct for me and I, history was my favorite subject in school as a, that was the class I always did the best in outside of English like history was where it was at and I think a lot of it was because it's like I want to learn as much as I can so we don't repeat all of these things and then by my like junior senior year of high school I was like huh we're already repeating these things can, what's can I next Sorry, you said something that was really interesting. When you just said pattern recognition, I thought of the patterns that have recurred in your life that we've discussed on the podcast. And then I noticed one thing that I immediately thought of was, and so at first I was like, oh, are there relationships that were not optimal part of this? But then I realized that the re-engagement in those relationships I'm not saying it wasn't cyclical and you can correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like you encountered distinctly different kinds of sociopaths like they weren't predictable because I couldn't even I just realized this like it's you have the full like from like Jeffrey Dahmer to like Ted Bundy you have the whole spectrum like yeah I just kept finding different shades of crazy and not seeing the crazy until it was too late. And so, you know, so of course, pattern recognition isn't always 100%. But obviously, now that I've, I've had so many of those experiences, I can talk to somebody for 10 minutes and be like, you are not somebody I want in my life. Like, I can just I can just read 
your tone and your mannerisms. And I just, I just know that you are not going to be good for me. Um, and that, that really does translate to a lot of different things in life though. Like everything leading to what's going on with like Gaza and Palestine and Israel right now, like that, like I could have called that 10 years ago if you had asked me about it. Because you just said the G word and the P word and the I word. And now the Am I not podcast posted? algorithm is going to know. No, I'm kidding. I've been, this is the day where I say Gaza, Israel, Palestine stuff, COVID controversy. I can't yeah, say the F word, but because I the just thing don't about want it is, to. is it's like we have to talk about it. Like, and everybody's like, everybody, there's there's always that group of people who's like posting about it on social media isn't gonna do anything, but it is. It's already started doing things. There are like wait, what when you said that, let's say one of those people was like maybe they're maybe they've been on the podcast. And when I've brought stuff up like this, like needing to speak up, needing to do something, they've redirected my attention to myself and told me that I need to focus on the turmoil within me and not the turmoil outside of me. And I feel like because you're like, you, I know you're not a Gen Z, so never mind, but you're closer than I am. And it seems like you are actually saying that social media and communicating on it is a potent instrument of change and calling it frivolous is ignorance basically uh i i i can't remember exactly what it was but um there's somebody or something started like setting set up an algorithm to automatically like report and ban posts talking about it or something like that um but the, the the main point of it all is is like back in you know 1920s when women were fighting for the vote to write for the right to vote wow if i can speak in order the right to vote they didn't have things like social media they were doing things like chaining themselves to buildings and setting things on fire but we've we've come so far from that 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 can be more of a last resort you know, like we don't have to go straight to chaining ourselves to buildings and setting things on fire. Although it seems like we might need to in this instance, because for some reason that seems to be the only thing that ever gets anybody's actual attention. But there's been hundreds of things that nobody would know about, nobody would care about if it wasn't for social media. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't even know what was going on until I saw it on social media. And then, of course, I'm all over it. It's it's on my mind every day. And there are always going to be people who want, who think that being silent and minding your own is what's better. But the turmoil of the world is our turmoil. As the but, people of the world, like, what happens to them? Hmm. No, sorry, you're right. When you say that people, the mind your own business thing, it seems like it's almost like in a from a, a spiritual lens or energy lens it's very low energy as opposed to neutral it's actually not neutral it's selfish seemingly and like purposefully like isolating yourself to create comfort when the reality is that your own people at large are creating turmoil in other people's lives it seems like I don't know. I'm. I don't know where I was. And sorry. Oh, no, I absolutely know what you mean. And it's like, I don't know. Like, 
speaking out against oppression is the only way to truly be against oppression. You either side with the oppressors or you speak out against them. Remaining silent or minding your own business is exactly the same as siding with the oppressors. It really, and like people will argue this till they die. And I don't care if they want to, because at the end of the day, if you're staying silent, you're not speaking out against it. Even if, even if you, even if you're just talking to your friends about it. Okay. You don't need to be an activist talking in front of hundreds of people. You don't need to be posting about it on social media, but if you won't even talk about it, you're siding with, you're siding with the oppressors. That's been the same thing. Like, like people who claim to be an ally in the LGBTQ community, but won't stop somebody from misgendering their friend. They're siding with the oppressors in that scenario. Like it, it's, it, they're small scale and big scale things. And right now the big scale thing is that people are being mass murdered and the United States is funding it. All right, the United States voted against a ceasefire. They were the only group in the UN who voted against it, whereas the UK voted to abstain. So I'll, and that's that's the UK siding with the oppressors just the same. You don't want to speak on it. You are you are letting them get away with it. You know, like question. So okay, let's say let's combine your emotion in the moment with you're like let's say you're having a like a, you took some mushrooms and you're tripping out is that do you feel like this is purely a man-made conflict that this holy land has been and i did i put the quotes there because i personally have beliefs that that area did have some significance and clearly some storyline played out there that has affected reality for all times to come but I just feel like, do you think this is, I, I personally don't think anything is non-spiritual, like even going to the bathroom isn't, and the way you go to the bathroom is spiritual. And you can tell, you can literally tell someone's emotional state by how they go to the bathroom, in my opinion. I'm not saying look at their poop or anything. I just mean like, but do you feel like this is, um, because people say, even you said when you, if you could have predicted this a while ago, that is true but could you have predicted the lack of anyone doing anything and the the seeming like it so it seems like this marks like a turning point in this area and i guess i'm wondering do you think it's like do you think this has spiritual significance like this kind of mass murder like will there be karmic consequences oh is there, there karmic consequences i it's not up to me to really put a a name to the behind the scenes you know like i i understand where like the the holy land um like comes from and like i do get all of that it's really not my place to speak on that specifically because it's not my people it's not my land it's not my it's not it, it the okay. only way it impacts me is because this is my world and these are my 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 brothers and sisters in in terms of humanity you know and i mean like i mean you know my partner is jewish so there is there is a little bit of a connection to all of it and i do find that at the end of the day like yeah i could have predicted that nobody would do anything and nobody would say anything because when you're when you're in high school learning about the holocaust hi xander hi podcast invasion does 
Xander. Aren't you supposed to be in school doing your online school right now? It's his break right now, allegedly. Uh, go eat something. This is my new podcast studio, The Bed. It's pretty good, right? I feel like we should <laughs> add some... some... Set it on fire. He's saying we should set it on fire. Fun podcast. Fun I podcast. mean... He cat is... Line. The wolves and have a I feel like teenage cat and you would have gotten along great. Probably, yeah. Okay, we're gonna continue talking about the Holocaust. Goodbye. Well, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. Basically, like when no. you're in high school and you're learning about the Holocaust, you you learn about the people who didn't do anything. About how you know, and you ask, you're like, how come nobody did anything? How come nobody stopped this? Right. And you have to be like, well, you know, like if, if the time period, you know, they didn't know. Like some of them genuinely had no idea what was going on until it was too late. We know what's going on. We know exactly what's going on. So you ask yourself, like when learning about the Holocaust, well, what kind of people wouldn't do something about that? And then this happens now and you look around and you're like, I know, I know the people who wouldn't have done anything about it, you know, because okay. they're they... so yeah. Let's say now I'm I'm trying to take you somewhere. And if you don't agree at the end, that's totally fine. So please let me know how you feel at the end of it. Since you're saying that um, the U.S. government is doing all of this, but then also that the conflict is occurring between people far away, the same government that just signed, it's, I believe it's, it's a, $838 million National Defense Authorization Act. Um, that included the, that includes like all the national defense funding for the year. And that, uh, some stuff on it, some amendments on it were taken off before it was uh, approved. And some of the details on those were to do with UAPs and non-human intelligence. So now the same the same government, the same senators and House representatives that have are governing your rights as a, a trans person, the rights to abortion, um, lockdown protocols, if that occurs, they're also funding the war in the Ukraine and in Gaza. And then they're also heavily, heavily, heavily discussing and debating and arguing about intelligences that belong to a race that is not us. And that according to their own people who are on the news as of three days ago, in the last three days, people have been all over the news. David Grush was on the news again. Everyone is saying that we have contact with them. So I ask you from like your gut feeling doesn't this seem like everything's actually connected to a very deep behind the scenes occurrence that is being pointed to now slowly i feel like in terms of the uaps this is stuff that they've known for a while and that they've had on hand for exactly moments like this like yeah it's probably 100 percent true the reason that they're telling us now is because if we can get the focus on the UAPs and not what's going on, that uh, not the you know genocide that we're funding, then they can keep getting away with it. It's it's a it's a constant thing that they do. 
Um, but I, 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 it probably does go hand in hand for all we know. Um, but so wait, wait, let me ask you that. Uh, recently, between let's use some people, there's I'm always stating who they are, but I won't over and over again. So the Stanford professor, Gary, Dr. Gary Nolan, um, this guy who's a political lawyer who is, who's been very prominent in American history, Danny Sheehan, he was involved in like the Iran Contra stuff. And I feel like Watergate, but I'm not sure, but basically big political lawsuits and this guy and then uh yesterday the former secretary of defense christopher miller he it's chris miller maybe i said christopher to sound more proper but um he also talked about this but everyone's talking about uaps not being autonomous shit like they're not orbs that are flying in the air but there are biological occupants inside of them some of who have been interrogated by our military during the Cold War era because they had a Cold War era mindset. And during those interrogations, some of those things allegedly had malevolent intent or were not really forthcoming or like the most kind beings. So it appears that all our academia and everyone else is pointing to non-human intelligence being present on the earth and having some major part in our history and i guess i'm wondering with you like where do you stand on like this is happening you're seeing it happening are you taking anything the government is saying seriously i never take anything the government says seriously i i I learned a really, really long time ago that you can't take anything the government says seriously. Um, I, I, I like to go by the 50-50 rule. At least half of it has to be true. You know, because if at least half of it isn't true, that's a huge scandal they're opening themselves up to. And our government isn't that stupid. They're plenty stupid, but they're not that yeah, stupid. Yeah, they could be half stupid. Like, you're right. It, that's a great way to look at it. Like, it literally half of their thoughts are products of like hallucination and like mental illness the other half still have some merit like there is still something going on and to me the biggest the most telling thing of, in all of this is the involvement of like academics from like the like ivy league schools and like government agencies so it's like people who are literally the most vanilla by the book boring humans like oh yeah by the way there's this higher intelligence it's it has a body like it can walk into your room right now if it wants to and we live in a reality where you, you and i talk about like shifts and i'm like oh i just applied for a job to viking cruises i hope i get it like what like what like they're literal there are aliens who are talking to government people I don't understand. Am I like, I feel like this is a new period in our history and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not freaked out. I'm kind of excited, but I like, what do you think is going to happen? What do I think is going to happen or what do I fear is going to happen? What do you think is really coming? Like this election year is seems to be like loaded with aliens and insurrections. And I don't know what, what do you think is going to happen? 
I know not what World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Well, I can't remember exactly. Well, probably didn't quote that a hundred percent, but that that, that is how, that is how I feel. I don't know what's coming, but I don't think. Why is there a bubble? Sorry, there's like a little like thumbs up bubble that just showed up on the screen. Oh my gosh, hey. it's on too. Wait, I have the thumbs up too? It showed up next to your head for a second. Oh! oh. <laughs> I had this with Zach yesterday, but I didn't have them, only he had them. But now I have them too. There's one that does <laughs> balloons. If you do both your hands up, like yay. It's like balloons. Or wait. Say, say happy birthday. Happy birthday. No, I don't know. Yay. Anyway, anyway, no. sorry, that completely threw me off track. I, um, back to the, <laughs> to the point at hand. <laughs> I hope, no, I really saying. hope that those show up on the recording or else we're going to look absolutely insane. It does part. No, they do show up on the recording. Maybe. Okay. I imagine if they don't people are oh, like these I've two are on so crazy i so much crap. i have not done drugs um no no so yeah but uh back to the point at hand there um some kind of ball bear it's pretty cool right you can use it <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that this is part of mystic oh my goodness um no back to the point though is um whatever is coming i don't think is going to be good um and that's a very pessimistic thing for me to say but i spent a lot of years being an optimist and being greatly disappointed by my fellow man um like i Can we've I... lost sight as a whole of what the point is and it's all just become a freaking measuring game <laughs> well now i just feel awkward because of what you said but no but like but like honestly like at this point it's just like it feels like it's not only our government it's a lot of the governments it's just like a who has the most power who can who can kill the most people I mean, our past okay, like, five presidents have been masters of mass genocide without us even knowing it sometimes. Okay, question. Since you mentioned the past presidents, have you heard of the Obama's recent movie on Netflix, Leave the World Behind? Barack and Michelle Obama produced a movie as part of their huge Netflix deal. It's about a weird cyber attack hitting America and the whole country falling into chaos. Um and it's they apparently consulted the the former POTUS and first lady for authenticity. And it is literally, I don't know if it's I don't know what to make of it, but the fact it's quite disturbing to me that they attach their names to it. And, Sounds like fear mongering to me, but right, exactly. But, but the other but thing even, about it is possibility. I guess what I'm more something that I feel like will pique your curiosity is there's this um sometimes when I say there's this lady 
I sound really stupid. So there's this author called Diane. It's D.W. Pasolka. I don't know what the W stands for. So, but D.W. Pasolka, P-A-S-U-L-K-A for anyone listening. Um, she has a few books and she's a religious studies teacher, but I guess was also, I guess has worked with the U.S. government in this UAP matter and um, also has been to the Vatican and talked to the people from the Vatican inside about this phenomena and how it's been recurring in history. And now she's making the rounds on all the like podcasts and like doing a whole circuit. And like there's a lot of information she can't say and can't some she can say, but essentially there is a high level of religiosity being brought into the subject and a lot of talk of angels and demons, like a lot, like in the military circles as well, according to her and other people. That's one of the reasons that it's been so like kept in the in the dark, because that is what a lot of people believe this is like biblical angels and demons. And how, I just wanted to know how that makes you feel as a former Mormon and someone who's really heard a lot of like programming and fear-mongering used to manipulate people. Adrian, Thank you. If, if they can convince people that it's religious in nature, they can use it to control these people. That's kind of really like how I view it all um you know like of course because like the majority of christians are 100 percent convinced the rapture is coming and that they can't wait for heathens like me to be left behind on armageddon and whatever it is and if you can play into that if you can tell them hey you know this is this is the beginning of the seven year war whatever it is like you got to do what you got to do so that you can go with the second coming or whatever it is obviously this is blasphemous and not 100 percent accurate but this, that's kind of just really how it comes across to me is like as somebody who had religious tactics used on me to control every aspect of my childhood and my life like it it, it feels real familiar real so familiar. now so now let's say Okay, I'm going to, we're going to move forward assuming some things and they could be completely false. We're just assuming them for this discussion. So assuming that all the military and government officials and seemingly high level academics who are saying that they're biological, non-human life forms that have equal or higher intelligence than us present on earth. And then now this religious studies teacher and author and other people are saying that the Vatican has been involved with the recovery of this stuff and interaction. If this thing does come out and you're saying they would use it to control people, what if the thing is religious? Like, what if the thing itself perpetuates this uh enforcement of the I idea that it is an angel or that they are sent to help us or govern us or something like that how would you feel about accepting it from the biological source of the uap 
I don't think I'd be able to. I'd, I'd still feel like, because I mean, I don't know, assuming that whoever this um, this biological entity is, they've probably been watching us for years. They probably knew exactly what to say. Well, exactly you've seen them. Act. You've seen them flying around, so they might have seen you too. But I mean, my point is, when, if potentially, because you're young enough to see this play out, like say 30 years from now, let's say an occupant as they are called by by our overlords and are the people we pay taxes to what if one of the occupants does have direct dialogue with you whether it's like verbally or some other way and tells you that it had a large part to play in your evolution and your growth as a species would you be able to accept it or would you need proof i would need proof I, I've I've been fooled once. Okay. You can you can fool me once. Can't fool me twice. So what kind of proof would you need? I don't even know. I'm sure they I'm sure if it was true they'd come up with something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I guess I guess what a lot of this is coming from, like if the Christians are right, I am so fucked. <laughs> so I would just well, like to I would just like to assume that everything is is still just I don't know, like brainwashing. Like I don't know. They'd have to, I guess that yeah, that they're there. They'd have to brainwash me. And then I'd believe them. So okay. So let's say the things that these people are saying are true. And that these things that crash and have killed people who are pilots and caused them to have sicknesses and stuff, let's say those are real. And the things you've seen in the sky aren't just very fast planes that move in magical ways in the Arizona desert. Um, what do you think they are? Not the little orbs, but the people or the biological things that have been recovered that everyone's talking about on the news, what are they, in your opinion? Because you are called Cat the Alien for a reason. Um, I, I refuse to believe that Earth is the only planet that was suitable to build life. That doesn't mean that if another planet were to do it, that they're somehow like magical or mysterious or far above us. Like, it would be like, I don't know, like, let's say they call their planet Glipglop and they call themselves Gloppians, then they'd just be Gloppians, you know, they're just another race, you know, obviously, obviously their technology is far superior to ours and we would be considered inferior in that sense, but I don't see how that would automatically mean that their race is superior, you know, like, I don't know, I guess that's probably okay no but... no no this is really good because this is kind of okay there's this thing called the zoo hypothesis which is like perpetuate like it's not supported but i guess people talk about it and say it's plausible among the notable people at the head of this subject including certain government people it's like a hypothesis so the hypothesis is that these occupants and these craft are part of the way that they interact with us is similar to a zookeeper with a zoo animal or a 
a human with an ant farm. So if you were to find out, like uh, another way that they put it was that um, there's the whole biosphere, which is the planet and all its ecosystems. And then uh, the head of this program actually in the government said that there's a shadow biosphere over the organic one that we're aware of. And we are not the apex predator. Oh, probably not. So I, I, with the way we act and the way we treat other human beings, we are definitely not the apex predator. Um, sometimes, sometimes part of me does wonder if like our religion and all of the texts and all of the things that people base their religions off of was dropped off by these other beings because I guess like, in the same way that like we use religion to control people they probably were like hmm we need to dumb this planet down kind of thing I don't know um I'm kind of just pulling shit out of thin air right now because no I, <laughs> no, I feel like that's the reason we're doing this cat I'm being totally honest the reason I'm like pushing this is because I feel like I know too many like horrible people who are very obsessed with their reputations on earth and seeing what types of military officials and lifelong scientists and people nominated for Nobel prizes and former secretaries of defense are saying that you and I are like living on a planet with like a being above us that's able to like literally appear in your room right now if they felt like take you do stuff to you bring you back and it appears that this has been allowed with the almost i'm not saying cooperation but at least uh complacency or whatever the right word is of the u.s government and other world governments like the abduction phenomenon is like it's ridiculous to not bring it up. And I feel like that's one of the things that is going to come out of this because um, have you ever heard of John Mack? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. It's a, he's just, I only vaguely like know the details about like describing someone, but he was a Harvard uh, psychology professor who started studying, doing a study on alien abductions and like doing therapy sessions with those people and by the end of it and it was to prove that they had a common mental illness but by the end of it he believed that they had been abducted by aliens and then he almost lost his job and had to go through a lot of like stuff to prove that he wasn't unfit to be uh teaching psychology and or something like that but anyway if that's incorrect you, you can correct me later but in with stuff like that i'm noticing that like i don't even remember what i was saying okay so people are staking their reputations on something that is there's no payoff there's no financial gain from a few like tv appearances like there's nothing that major going on here. And if it is like for the military industrial complex and it's to get space weapons going, someone's going to be fighting in space. They're not just like, like gathering funding to build 
weapons for a space war that never occurs. Right. That hasn't happened yet. So I guess I feel like we, at this point, if we don't, I'm not saying we have to say told you so, but we really have been talking about this for a while and we have been insulted and dragged through the mud for even like a civil discussion on something like the Phoenix Lights, which were apparently flares dropped from uh, military planes. Yes, because flares float. Everybody knows that. There were high winds in the area, Kat. <laughs> come, come on. Like, I'm just like, I'm at the point where it's like, it's offensive because if in December of 2019, if you were actually like screaming about like, hey, there's this crazy disease spreading in China. We should start getting ready. It's about to come here. It's about to be freaking crazy. It's going to be a global pandemic. No, People would have said you are actually insane. Like you're having a schizophrenic break. Like there's never going to be a lockdown. There's never going to be anything. Nothing could, you're literally crazy cat. So now I feel like they were saying the same thing about everything else. And now that's what our highest level of politician is discussing. At the end of the day, in this grand scheme of it all, I'm a little less, and this is going to sound crazy coming from me, um, I'm a little less worried about aliens and UAPs right now, because I'm not sure we're going to make it to the point, you know, or, or honestly, even, even on the opposite side of that coin, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to interfere before we get to that point. You know, as we were talking about earlier, like, I have always, I've always been the person who's like, nah, our generation's going to live through World War Three. We're going to live to see World War Three. Um, you know, and like, everybody's like, no, there's no way. Like, we've already had two world wars. We're going to learn. We've learned from that. But we didn't learn because we keep making the same mistakes that led up to that, you know? Yeah, it's like the exact same thing. It's like literally, like, I'm not saying who's Hitler again, but it looks like there's a second little Hitler. I mean, like, World War II, what started World War II at the grand scheme of things? It's 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 obvious what road we are headed towards. And I, I really feel like at the end of it all, like, I, I hope the aliens show up. I want them to start abducting all of our politicians. Well, and well wait, them wait, wait, wait. Sorry, when you said you hope they show up, I guess my question is, since you mentioned World War II, and it appears that after the detonation of the the bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki and during the the Manhattan Project, okay, I feel like you're going to love this. This is a new piece of information. So there was a nuclear um, information act that was passed as, like during the development of the atom bomb. And on it, it basically lists a bunch of stuff that's classified, right? So that they could keep this stuff classified with the like Department of Energy and Atomic Energy Commission. But in that, in the language, which was, this was passed at the same time that allegedly other UAP crash, crash recoveries were occurring. It says that it's not really about 
nuclear warheads or uh, it's about objects that emit radioactivity or radioactive signature and so basically what it appears is that or what it uh, like may what seems to have happened is that at the same time that this weapon was developed the there was secrecy around uaps that was hidden amongst the same information so i guess how do you feel about the biological entities with the big eyes and the bulbous heads they seem to have started popping up more in person around the time that we started nuclear war and they've shown up over nuclear sites they have interactivity with our technology and now it appears that they're making themselves more known because if i feel like if they wanted to be unknown the technology is present for them to remain unknown and for there to be no new sightings like so i guess how do you what is the connection you feel like between world war ii and the like uptick of like these things showing up i feel like if anything they decided that sorry i'm almost out of this paint i'm using we're good if anyone wants to buy cat paint uh, the Instagram link will be in the episode description. Feel free. Hey, did a thumbs up again because you were squeezing the paint with your thumb up. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like if anything, they probably took one look at us and were like, they're going to destroy their planet and decided they needed to intervene before we do. Um, I mean, like everybody knows the good old, um, my favorite, one of my favorite conspiracy theories. I don't actually believe it, but it's my favorite conspiracy theory, the lizard people. Um, if there's any truth to that, who's to say that it's not just the aliens trying to prevent us from destroying ourselves from the inside. And I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's like, oh, these poor humans, we should, we should prevent them from destroying their planet. It's probably a bigger scale of um, if these people destroy this planet, it's going to negatively impact the rest of the solar system and we need to stop them before it's too late. Okay, you know? that let's say the the way that you're saying it does make. It makes sense if humans like if we are that impactful and we can ruin the solar system like we're launching stuff in this like I totally that's definitely clearly possible. We're doing it to our own like lower atmosphere and upper atmosphere and i get it but an orbit with space junk but i'm wondering since you brought up the lizard people let's not let's assume that lizard people just implies some involvement in our uh oversight that's happening of our species by these things everyone right now seems to be implying that that there has been I'm so excited. I was, I know it's not my painting. I was just so happy with where it was at. And now the darkness is consuming it. That's the point. Why? I feel, I feel genuinely hurt. I'm not even going to lie that I feel like before I feel now I feel like such a crazy person. But before this, 
I was going to say, this is one of the best things you've ever painted. And then when you did that, now I feel disturbed. I like it, but I'm not. The red didn't show through enough. There was supposed to be more red in there, but that's all right. It's literally in the beginning, it looked like the hallways of hell. And now it's just like it, you somehow, as you were painting, it looked like it moved upward. And now these are some kind of like flying hell spirits. I don't know. I've lost my mind, clearly. Um, flying hell spirits, bombs, fire, destruction, whatever you want it to be. This is how, this is how my brain feels right now. Okay. Well, let me ask your brain an even more controversial question. That religious studies professor and author I mentioned who's worked with the government and the Vatican, they seem to believe that saints and religious figures of the Bible and Old Testament and other Judeo-Christian tradi traditions and Abrahamic traditions uh, were encountering what is currently known as like mod UAP phenomena or NHI. So they are tying their ancient religion in with the current like cutting edge of science. So like Ezekiel's the spinning wheel and like all the stuff that biblical angels, a lot of this stuff is being tied in together. So I guess if it does turn out to be real and, and the earth, looks distinctly different in a few years in in your gut feeling do you think that there's there's biologically there are multiple species of aliens on earth or do you think there's no aliens on earth what do you think as it like i'm not saying a prediction but like we are this is the end of the year and we're close to finding out how this all plays out. So what is your gut feeling? Like from, if you just feel around you right now on earth, who do you feel here? I I definitely think there's multiples. Like there's, there there's, there's an infinite, infinite, space to the universe the, the 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 universe we know is constantly expanding wait With, you're saying the earth isn't flat of course it's flat that's not the point no <laughs> no i the, the the universe is constantly expanding and with constant expansion constant new planets and constant new 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 why would there not be consistent new life forms you know who's to say okay. how many really are there's probably some in the deepest, deepest depths of the universe that will never, ever know, see, hear, sniff, you know? Um, and when you say, when, drama. when you say, wait, what? So then I said sniff because I was thinking of that episode in Futurama where the the professor makes the smello vision or the smell the smelloscope. And I've he seen can, clips of this. Yeah, they can smell. He can smell other planets. Anyway. Um, I feel like we should... We should discuss Futurama and their predictions for the future. But um, since you said multiple species, do you think that it's it's fair to say that, like, I guess, do you feel like it's too shocking for 
humanity because i guess the word that's being thrown around in the media is ontological shock and i was telling my dad about it and then he explained to me what it meant so i didn't even know uh I... sorry call. my bad so uh ontological shock i guess means like religious shock or like belief system shock so do you think it's that is that and that's the reason that the u.s government and other people involved in these projects over the years have said that we have to do this slowly because it's too much of a shock to society to know the truth yeah so, so if the truth is that shocking like we're just again we're picking up we're putting together pieces of hundreds of years of bits and pieces of like information what do you think could be such a shocking truth that we that our government believes we can't hear it like so i like say if someone were to say another conspiracy theory like oh jfk didn't get killed by a lone gunman it was actually seven guys with darts like what do you think the most or some people say oh the this person did it this group of people did it that's pretty damaging but what is the worst thing that could come out about this that is making people say things like, like, I'm sure you know who Tucker Carlson is. Tucker Carlson, yeah. That that horrible person guy. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he recently has had a lot of people on who are like involved with the subject. And then he said that the truth about this is just horrifying and he can't even tell his wife. And I feel like I guess, what is your take on all these people saying the truth is sobering and ontologically shocking and horrifying? Like, what could it be? I think that it would, it would mainly be, you know, the things everybody hopes they're wrong about and so they don't think about it or talk about it. You know, like, I, hmm. I think at the end of the day, when we all learn that everything we've ever known is a lie, <laughs> I think that's what they mean. Because, um, you know, I, I, I went through something very similar on a personal level, leaving the Mormon church. Like, I had to come to reckon with how my first 13 years of life I was spoon-fed lies used to control every aspect of everything I've ever known. And that's a big part of the reason why I am the way I am today. If you take that on a grand scale and take away the things that people have only ever known, like nobody's gonna have a good reaction to that. Would you say, okay, this is weird. And I'm not trying to force your hand. So if you don't feel this way, it's fine. Um, you seem... Okay, so God is allegedly... I'm saying allegedly according to other people or the Mormons. But according to me, I believe in God, the androgynous creator of the all worlds, etc. High five God. Love you. Shout out. You have no gender. I get it. But that one, the good one. But... Right they some people believe that this 
this um the god thing determines your outcome in life and no matter how much you try if this god has a different plan for you it will put that into play to test you for its own pleasure and you can choose to work through the test however you want or you can even end your life and potentially restart in some people's mind or in other people's mind get demoted a level but in your case and i feel like i don't feel as awkward saying this as i would have like a year ago but you do look like you're favored like if the you know like i know you have like unfavorable like health stuff and like your work is sometimes hard there's a lot of stuff but it seems like at the end of the day if someone was saved or a soul seemed that it wasn't fully tainted but it's still under attack because we're all under constant attack to lose our shit and go completely insane it seems like you're somehow in good energy and that god slash the order of the universe slash physics even is slowly starting to it looks like life is easier for you and navigating the like path you have is not more pleasant and not less uncomfortable just you seem more comfortable navigating it so it looks like it did work out like even if like i'm not saying you have to believe in god but whatever the order of the universe is it looks like it's approved of your most recent iteration like your newest character you debuted it's like this is the one cat and it's like everything seems to have opened up so i don't know that's just my take on it i i'm not sure if it's like if i if i can give the universe any credit for that one um i lots of trial and error led me to where i am but i i do think i do fully believe that everything happens for a reason and a lot of people are like well that's a very religious way of thinking and i'm like you know like i may not say i believe in god but my universe and your god are the one in the same okay everybody has something that they need to believe in like that is the that are is human with... i'm still in it i do not know or something so just seeing how you are are good oh that's so very kind <laughs> yes i like these new because we're gearing up for xander's first idiot mystic appearance we're gonna do a, a minecraft video episode oh that'll be fun um, but yeah, so you were saying that your your universe and our God are the same thing. They're so let's say, yeah. Yeah, so let's say in this case, what I was trying to say was, which I'm glad you didn't Oh, you're breaking up. The One universe sec. credit. I'm glad. How about now? It says you have one bar. Let me make sure it's not my fault, though. Okay, I don't uh, think no, that... no, it's probably me, because Xander opened and closed the door a little bit. Let me just... Mm. Okay. 
Um, is it better yeah. now? Yeah, I think you're back. I say as you okay. immediately um, breathe. So for a second. it seems like no. How about now? There's a little bit of a lag from the sound to the video, but I you're you're going again. Hmm. Okay, I'm using my new setup to walk around. No problems. I will message you. Huh? I can't see your message. Like, oh, what's happening? We can talk about it. No, I literally don't need anything. I thought it would be funny because you said I can be on it. I Okay. Well, here we are. Here's biscuits. Cone up shame. Um. Okay. So. I guess what I was getting at was that it seems like by Mormon uh, principles, your current output wouldn't have been approved by the universe. So, right. so to be granted this much favor or this much peace where you're painting, even if the painting does seem like it's about the depths of hell. Um, so I'm just kidding. But, uh, but we are we are living in them so the it seems like um as long as you do things that like i guess so according to the mormon yeah. belief yeah, then with the paint sorry for, no <laughs> for you to get to this point you would have had to have made a deal with the devil or done some kind of black magic or some ritual for you I to be but the thing but that's what i'm saying you have this is proof of concept that if you do the thing that is not hurtful to yourself you will end up in the place you ended up like it doesn't matter what the specifics are and i'm not a trans man but for me your journey is like a clear way of how to get to just do what's not hurtful for you and keep going and you end up in a place where everything's suddenly better and i don't know how it happens so i guess what i guess do you feel like there is something to be said about have if someone is mormon and has grown up that way they can still have the outcome that they were raised with being taught that you will one day feel okay and fine and emotionally just not destroyed and it might not have to be by following all these specific rules but there is some way that they can get there even if they're trans or gay or they're doing something that's against their origin religion or i don't know i feel like i was fishing but you know what i was fishing for i mean at the end of the day like There is no predetermined path set out for any of us. Like, and I know that's a contradictory statement when I also say everything happens for a reason. But when I say there's no set path, I mean, every choice we make in every aspect of our life is uh, like just another step in a direction, whether it's the right direction or the wrong direction. And there's multiple paths laid out for each of us. And how we go about ourselves is where we find our, like what path we find ourselves on. I started off on the path of being the perfect cookie cutter Mormon kid. 
And then that somehow strayed me to the path of being a very addicted, crazy, mean, angry, negative person. And that somehow led me onto the path of being a kind person who does, who tries to make every choice I make be one of light and kindness. And I can't tell you how those paths were connected in any way. I just know that I had to make choices that were for me, you know, um, people who live their life. And obviously there's nothing wrong with this, but people who live their life for a God aren't living their own life. When you do everything your church tells you to do and do everything that you feel your God tells you to do, you're not living your life. You're living your church's life. And at, at some point along the line, you, you do lose your own autonomy and you lose the parts of you that make you an individual, you know? Um, and and it's interesting when you said that you phrased it very carefully to portray the God of the church as a different God than who you would be talking to if you were to be sitting alone in like a field and talking and you hear a voice in your head that says, hey, cat, maybe you want to start like dyeing your hair yellow. I feel like that's one version of, so I guess what I'm wondering is, do you mean the God that tells you exactly how to live versus the God that pops up as like an ideation in your head about like, hey, like cat, maybe you're this way. Cause that's sometimes self, but other times it appears that the self is trying to make you be a cookie cutter Mormon. And then something else is like, you can like, I don't know what, I don't know what it said to you even. I just want to know what did it say something so a, a lot of it really is like my views on like religion aren't about the belief in God or Jesus or whoever you want to believe in it's about the churches that kind of create they're, they're the ones who create the molds then the molds that they force you through if you want to believe in God and make your own choices and follow your faith to a T that is totally up to you as long as it's up to you it's the right choice if somebody else is telling you how to worship your god that's that's where I see the problem you know organized religion is a cancer um on society you know I feel like if we were all able to you know and not necessarily like have our own church but have our own church, you know, the world would probably be a better place. Like, I, I respect, I respect people who go to church every Sunday. Like, that's, that's, that's commitment. Like, I'll give you that. But how come if you miss a Sunday, all of a sudden, you're a bad Christian, you know, like my I'm family, my family goes to church, went used to go to church every Sunday, my, my grandpa, my grandpa's, uh, my grandma, I was forced to go to church throughout most of my childhood. Um, I got lucky um, with my mom since she was a single working mom. She had to work Sundays. There was there was no option. She had to work Sundays, um, and you know my mom dealt with a lot of backlash for that. Like her choice to support her children made her a godless heathen, you know. And like now my mom goes to church every Sunday. She she found a church she really likes and there's no pressure and it's just a good community. And I really think that if all churches were like that, we'd probably be a lot better off. It should be a choice, you know.
And I do understand and, that most people choose to go to church and they choose to follow religion. And that's like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you start going to that church and they start telling you, you have to do these things to be a member of this church, like, where does your autonomy go? You know, there's something that I wanted to add here when you were talking, uh, actually, it's too much. It's a whole can of worms that I guess we discussed this before the podcast a few days ago. And it actually, you know, we talked about it. Something happened a few weeks ago. And then we talked a few days ago about how a few people have told me that this is a podcast and I need to like, I'm not going to, I'm essentially like, I'm paraphrasing the entirety of all the conversation into, I need to basically be real with myself and remind myself that this is a podcast and not an authenticity chamber. And, and I, I literally took it to heart and really like deeply examined YouTube culture and production values. And I was like, am I really an entertainer trying to entertain? And while you were telling this story, I realized that it is some people who've been on the podcast recently have told me that the podcast caused them issues by like being too transparent. It caused reactions in their life from other people. And I feel like, I feel like while that is a sign that authenticity is sometimes problematic and troublesome, and when you exercise it, it's a privilege, it still needs to be done. And I feel like, obviously, like someone's like, well, you're not being fully authentic right now. It's like, how can I say my entire state of being in every sentence? But if you were to ask me, or if like Xander's been popping in and out, like this is life, like this is reality. Like I'm laying down because I feel like garbage when I sit up. Like, I feel like we're pretty real here. I think that not being able to be authentic is the privilege honestly genuinely and truly I, I feel like society has cultivated this this air of everything has to be perfect you have to act like everything is okay all the time you can't be sad you can't be angry you can't eat shitty food you can't curse you can't pretend to be um you know, like you have to be exactly what society expects you to be. That's the privilege. I I don't have the privilege of being not authentic. I am autistic. I am mentally ill. I don't I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I wore a mask the first 15, 16, 17 years of my adolescence. Wait, wait, question. Since you're we're in this place, what if someone said like, but if I'm authentic someone else will hear how I feel about them and why it are might you, hurt them like why are you lying to people about how you feel about them that's the thing is it's like that's what like that's the thing that drives me crazy saying that you shouldn't be authentic is saying you should lie and I I you know I wrote that piece I wrote I wrote I wrote a poem exactly about this like Somebody told me I had an ugly laugh once and I spent five years covering up my laugh, forcing myself to laugh a different way. And not that, wait, wait, what was the fake laugh like? It was like a fucking cartoon character laugh, basically. Like I literally would like 
force a very specific laugh so that I sounded cute and dainty when I laugh like a fucking walrus and I don't give a fuck you know like that's what it's about you know like we live in a society where everything you see on the screens on tv and magazines on the street nobody is authentic the, so everybody wait. acts like their world is so perfect and they're so happy and everything's 100 percent okay all the time and that's that's bullshit wait so this is good because someone some people would say that of course people are messy and messed up and uh other people the word messy has not been like I guess another word that people use a lot more is like that uh, we're not being forgiving. Like this is like we are right now. We're being hard on people who aren't being honest. So it's like I've been told like, wait, why don't. So like you've said pretty negative things about your past behaviors, like working like night shift and doing lines of cocaine in the bathroom. And I literally like we firstly, I'd just like to say I literally met you while marketing a clothing brand on tinder so that's my level of like idiocy and like low level of like being a complete a-hole like i get it but i feel like we have um prefaced this we've gotten to this point after 20 30 40 hours of talking in a recorded focused way more than 20 i don't know why i said 20 we're at like we're at a lot of hours <laughs> But I guess I'm I'm noticing that there is like the um, level of triggering that happens when you just said like authenticity, like right now I'm scared. I'm actually scared of the reaction to this because half of the people I literally we uh, we do the podcast conversation and their real life persona and conversation is totally different and the subjects they care about and what they really discuss. And my brain is starting to get confused about what am I one person? Because I try to unify all like to my parents and my every single person knows the same version of me and every sick, dumb thing I've done, every stupid business venture, every every single thing. But I guess is there any, do you have any secrets left for the audience? Is there anything you want to, do you have to unload anything so that this can, we can at least mark that you and I have tried to put forth our worst attributes and our other things first and then be so relaxed? I mean, I, I feel like I don't, I don't keep secrets. That was another thing that I learned a really long time ago about like why this is why honesty and authenticity are such a big deal to me is it's poison to keep that shit in you know like I, I posted yesterday on Instagram about how I haven't shared anything creative wise because I feel like a fraud for being depressed when all I do is talk about healing you know but like that's that's my life you know like I have some days where I wake up and I don't want to exist and I don't want to move or or I, I haven't seen a dentist like had a teeth cleaning in like four freaking years. And I'm scared my teeth are going to fall out because I'm scared of the dentist. I'm not going to act like, you know, everything's fine and dandy because I'm human, you know, as human as I can be. Apparently I didn't know what lentils were, but that's okay. Like I, I, I do my best to be a real person. You right. know, when you look at my Instagram, you're not seeing edited photos. You're not seeing me only share the good things, you know, like oh. I, I, yeah. 
Sorry, I'm just saying right now with everything we're talking about with NHI, AI, and I guess even religion, and then you talking about being authentic, it seems like all of these things are connected in the way that if you're not authentic, are you really a functioning human being? Or are you a compromised biological unit of humanity? Like you're still for sure a human. Right. Like, is that real? Do you think is being on autopilot actually possible for your whole life? A lot of people do. They live their lives on autopilot. They do what the TV tells them. They do what the Instagram tells them. You know, they and and like something that kills me is I I know a few people like in real life who have like pretty like decent followings, and I see I see what they post. You know, I see their glamorized living rooms and their perfect Christmas trees. And I know behind the scenes that their partners are pieces of shit who hate them. You know, it's like you can't you can't you can't trust anything you see because nobody's honest. You know, you scroll through any of your feeds, find one authentic photo find one photo that isn't staged isn't planned isn't perfected to a t you know and like who yeah. knows maybe i am just a pessimist maybe i've been so screwed by life that i refuse to believe that every anybody has it 100 percent together but i've seen no evidence that anybody has it 100 percent together yet everybody likes to pretend that they do you know and so if we were assuming that um ai uh what time is it okay let's let's be real on the podcast come here for a second so kat and i were just talking about how being authentic is some people told us not to be authentic on the podcast okay, so before this the before recording the podcast xander and i had a huge like disagreement where i ended up like confiscating his phone and then he was crying and it was really like crazy and I guess, how do you feel about that now in retrospect? I don't care. Honestly. What do you mean, I don't care? I don't care about it. Do so you feel fine now? Yeah. But how did you feel in the moment? I wanted to bring the house down. So, so do you feel like you have to hide anything from the world? Like, be honest. Like, in the entire world. Yeah, like like right now. And you can be oh, honest if Clear codes or something. You have nuclear codes. He has <laughs> nuclear codes. Yeah. I'm just saying, if I had them, I would have to hide them from the world because. Wait, <laughs> have you been sending Xander those nuclear codes again? Absolutely. Have you been, have you been sending those out? Those I'm Maricopa County. <laughs> I feel like they have nukes in Maricopa. Okay. Uh, in it's like they do in Nevada, but. Okay, you're gonna get a B platform. I'm I'm pretty sure there is a nuclear power plant somewhere in Arizona. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there is. Anyway, no. Uh, Back, uh, so, like, so like you're right now you seem to be being real. So I guess in the being real question. We froze. You're frozen. You're frozen like this. You're going. How about now? There you are. You're back. 
every time you need to get a wi-fi extender okay you know what i'll get a wi-fi extender since this is a professional podcast no Um, i i just i i feel like I feel like the reason feel people feel like they can't be authentic is a they're ashamed. They're ashamed of whatever is really going on in their life, and they feel like they can't do anything about it. But but what if they feel like it's the thumbs up again? What if they feel like it's uh private? Oh, two thumbs up, I guess, gives you. Wait, we'll do it again. That was amazing. Yeah! This is this is this is cool. Okay, anyway. I Oh, uh, what if they feel like like it's not our business? They're like, "Why do you want me to be authentic?" Like, so what if I literally um have a drinking problem? So what if I um I'm not saying they need to talk about being an alcoholic. I'm just saying like that was a bad example because I don't know anyone with a drinking problem on the podcast, but I guess it's like I even know that I can't talk about certain things to them and those things kind of are integral parts of their story. And I'm just like, what is going on? What can I do here? Like, how can I speak? Like with you, even the first time we did this, I think we talked about um, your your living situation and like um, you were living with another roommate and it was chaotic and you oh, were yeah, so honest. I was living with my best friend who had a drinking problem at the time, punched me in the face, so I decided to move in with my mom. That's that's part of my story. You know, that's that's what my life is. Right. And when you approached me... So so I guess... Oh, you go. I was going to say, when you approached me about, hey, I want to do this podcast, you made it very clear that you wanted it to be like biographical biographical in nature you know you wanted to talk about the real you know the good the bad the ugly the point of this was to be like hey we're here we've lived these lives there's a story we're here to tell and i don't understand like we're not here to write fiction you know we're we're not we're not instagram influencers pretending that our lives are perfect to get people to buy things this isn't a product we're not that we're not hating anything that hair flip was like evidence that you've had long hair before. And I was freaked <laughs> out. I was jam- I had like a full bodied, like I was like, what's happening? Yeah. I don't know how to do it like that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go under and then out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you gotta, and you gotta, you gotta do a little shoulder turn to like flip it back. Listen, I grew up in the valley, okay? <laughs> okay, wait. So so when we're saying this, like, um, when you're saying people have a story and it's their story, some people feel like that story is meant to be lived in, I wouldn't say, like, in quiet desperation, but, like, it's meant to be, like, be dignified and, like, no one is supposed to know about any of your struggles. They're only supposed to know about your triumphs and your linear progression. Like today I did groceries. Then I achieved, I like, so basically I don't hear about anyone's life until it's like positive. And I'm like, wait, this positive achievement will just stack them up 
but at the end of it, your life would be what happened in between the achievements. So if you don't tell someone about it or communicate with other humans about it, it seems like it's not really a life fully lived, even if you're introverted or like, like in our case, I don't, I, you are very open with saying you're autistic. I feel like every time I even imply I have tendencies, I have literally an inbox full of people who are like, you shouldn't say that, you know, I'm like, you know what, never mind. Let's just calm down. I'm, my brain is fully normal. Good brain up here. Big brain, smart power. You are ready definitely to go. Not neurotypical. I can assure you that. Hey, and don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, cat. I've, I'll. I saw a Waffle House hat today that was in real tree camo, and I want to buy it. So I'm that neurotypical. Don't question. But I guess so. Would you say that it is? Like if someone's life, let's take person X, for example, person X, you and I both know them, let's make them up. And they're like, uh, between 25 and 35. And they, um, when we talk to them, they pretty much only share ideas or positive occurrences or vague struggles that don't really um, allow for problem solving or community support. Right. What does that mean, actually? I'm not saying it's anything bad. I'm trying to interpret this type of interaction because our interaction has always been transparent. Even if it's not been productive, it's been transparent. So what like... is the point? You can yawn. <laughs> show us your yarn yeah i i i started whenever i like zone out for some reason i always yawn it's like so weird i was like focusing on what you were saying anyway no i just back to what i was saying like before it's like when people aren't authentic they're either ashamed of what's actually going on or they're scared because it's something out of their control and they don't feel like they can confront it or it's again, that air society has put on us where if you don't portray perfection, you're a failure. And I, 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 I felt like the point of this podcast was to, to go against that, you know, to let people know, like, just because you have bad days or just because bad things happen or just because you don't have it all together, you're not a failure. You're still doing what you need to be doing, you know? Like, that's why I talk so much about what I've been through and the mistakes that I've made and where I am now, because I, as somebody watching this who maybe not even anywhere similar to the situations I've been in, but is going through something that they feel is out of their control and is going to absolutely break them. If they can know that I've gone through the things that have absolutely broken me and I came out on top in my own way, my own on top, you know, society expects my top to be up here. You know, I'm supposed to be selling $100 paintings if I want to be an artist. I'm supposed to be, um, you know, I, I should have 500,000 Instagram followers if I'm going to be on a podcast. I have 169, thank you very much. And that, to me, that's amazing. That is 169 people who care about what I have to say. And if at least one of those people sees my post and feels hope for the next day, that's my version of success. And that's why being authentic is so important to me. You know, I talk so, about the shit that I went through with my ex because if somebody is in a situation where they're dating a narcissist or God forbid, married to a narcissist who has taken away every sense of worth they have or every sense of 
control they have, they know that they can get out of it, that that's not what they're supposed to go through. If I were to just act like everything was perfect and that I've never been through anything, how is anybody going to know they can get out of it? Sorry, that was like a tangent. And you also froze in a kind of a really funny way. No. Am I still frozen? No, you're not frozen anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, so is... So if we knew this person who's only sharing positive things and being vague about the negative things, is it our duty to not inquire more? But I can't Actually, I can take it with me. Let's see where Xander is. Because it appears that he's right next to the barking dog. Hey, Xander, for a future reference, when Biscuit barks, could you pet her or something, bud, to help me with the podcast? Biscuit, if you do that again, I will see you on the window, okay? Sander, you literally get swatted for PETA stuff. I will fight you! No, we won't fight the SWAT teams. Kat has informed us well about how they function in Arizona. Um, also, our pagan tree. But uh, anyway... So in this vagueness and this lack of um, information, is it fair to assume that those people, like, I guess they're not hiding anything, but at the same time, do you think it's fair to be, like, slightly curious about what's happening in the in-between? Like, like, say, if you meet someone every day and their hands are really hurting but they never tell you why. And it turns out that they punch the wall a lot. Like, am I, are we supposed to inquire as to why there's such little information or are we supposed to accept that they believe that we are only deserving or at the place in their life to get this limited amount of transparency? See, I'm, I'm the kind of person who has always been an open book. I've always found that it's easier to talk about things than it is to not talk about things. But granted, there are some people who are the opposite, where they feel like it's their duty, their responsibility to not talk about the bad things, that they're only supposed to talk about the positive things because nobody cares. But the thing is, this is like, people do care, you know? Like, there's tons of people who give a shit. And it's just about, I guess, like, letting these people know, hey, like, there's people who give a shit. Like, you don't only have to pretend that everything's 100% all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't want to talk about it, there's nothing you can do about that. You can let them know all the positives and negatives about why they should and why they shouldn't, but that's not gonna, not gonna change their mind. You know, everybody, like there's some people who were raised in a household where you don't cry. You don't talk about your emotions. You don't get upset. You have to be stone cold all the time. The only emotion you're allowed to show is happy. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault that as they go into adulthood, they still only know how to be happy, you know? But it's, it's easier to put on a mask sometimes. And it's nobody's fault. It's just, I I feel uh, like the point of this is to let people know they don't have to wear that mask. You know, they're better and, off being themselves and being honest. And do you think that is, are we talking... I feel like this this can be applied to multiple things because say some people share their creative ideas and their big, big, like wonderful thoughts that we all have. 
but then they don't share their emotional pain. And then other people don't, other people are kind of. You froze again. Uh, like, coming you know, about their emotional state and their biggest inner media for their life. That's yeah. it. Taking over. Is it back? Yeah, you're back. Okay. So, do what kind of authenticity are we talking about here? Or are both of them connected? Like, is being emotionally authentic connected to following your higher purpose? Or are they both separate and can? And you be someone who's making great art, but then not, not, not communicating their emotional journey with anyone or can or is it necessary? Like, I guess this this stems from this place where people have this pink light is crazy, uh, have told me that an artist can be separate from art. So let's say you're trying to write and you feel like garbage, you still have to write every day. And not like in a quantity way, but like the idea is that your art takes precedence over like an ex screaming at you or something like that, or you know what I mean? So it, is this the same authenticity or are they two different things and are they separate from each other? They're, they're two separate things, but I feel like they're connected. Because I feel like until you can be truly authentic in every way of your life, your higher purpose is always going to be just out, out of reach, you know? Um, I, I I feel like, like back to the point of like the reason why people don't want to be authentic, a lot of it is fear or shame, you know? Like if, like God forbid, like obviously I'm in, I'm not in a bad relationship. Austin is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm very happy in everything in my life right now. But like five years ago, I was five years ago, I was dating a when I was 19, I was dating a 34 year old Coke dealer who had four kids and who was only using me to be a customer and, you know, a body. And I thought that I was absolutely in love. And if I had never spoken to anybody about that situation, I probably would have never realized that I was being manipulated and used you know, and then, and even, even from learning that lesson, I didn't speak about what was going on in my relationship with my ex-husband until it was over because I was absolutely scared. I didn't really, I, if I spoke out about it and somebody told me, Hey, you're being, you know, emotionally uh, manipulated and like mentally abused, like you need to get out. I had nowhere to go, you know, especially when I was living in another country 13 hours, six or yeah, 13 hour plane ride away from my family. You know, it's, I, I, I was trapped and that's where, you know, I, and that's why I understand like some people don't want to be authentic because being authentic would mean acknowledging what you have to change. And some people feel like they can't change these things, but I find myself being authentic about it so that people know they can change these things. Like, if you're and, not happy, you don't have to pretend to be happy. You can go and be happy. And I guess, is there a social responsibility to, and this is a weird thing to say, because I guess it ties in with morality too. Is there a karmic value in honesty? 
Like, do you feel like living honestly, even if it's not societally approved, is better than being societally approved and against yourself? Absolutely. Because if you spend all of your time pretending to be something you're not, at what point do you lose exactly who you are? You know, if you spend if you spend 15 years of your life pretending to be the perfect person and it comes down to trying to make a choice for yourself, are you going to be able to make that choice or are you going to think about what anybody else is going to think? You know, like, for example, I have a friend who, you know, had to make the hard choice to be institutionalized and it negatively impacted some of the people around her in terms of you know, the people she shares her life with. But at the end of the day, if she didn't do that, we'd be planning a funeral, you know? Like, I'd much rather, like, she, it basically came down to, like, she much rather inconvenience the people around her for a couple of weeks than have them plan a funeral, you know? And that's, and that's, that's, that's an example that can be applied to a lot of things. I'd much no, rather... Makes- yeah. Live on the couch with my best friend and her shitty boyfriend while she had a drinking problem than being homeless on the streets in San Francisco because I didn't want to admit to anybody that I got divorced. You know, like those were two options that I had, you know, and being honest and open and authentic with the people who cared about me, you know, I like and, and the people who cared about me is the big point there. Like, for example, like on in this in this in this situation you're in where you are a friend who approached me about a podcast you wanted to do about the nitty gritty parts of life. You wanted to tell our story, a specific story. I, I wouldn't. Sorry, I just got a text from my coworker and it completely ruined my train of thought. Um, no, you're good. Is everything OK, though? What's yeah, it was just a, it was just an update about stuff going on at the store. Um, but no, it's like, you had approached me about this and we weren't close. You know, if I, if we had only known each other for a few months and you hardly knew anything about me, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable being completely honest and authentic. You know, like I don't just tell random strangers, oh yeah, I had a meltdown this morning because my cat wouldn't stop meowing. Like, no. And I mean, like, and I guess in a way, like, by talking to you about these things I am telling random strangers about it so I can understand why some people would be a little uh, like held back in that way but if you if you had approached me you know you, you you we've known each other for so long and you approached me about it and I was like yes like this is something that is good this is something that is beneficial to people if I didn't feel that way, if I didn't feel like it was beneficial and I didn't feel like there was a greater purpose here and I didn't feel comfortable being authentic, I would I would have said no. I would have said, no, I don't want to do this podcast. That doesn't sound like me. I wouldn't have said yes and come on here and not been honest because the whole point of this was about being honest. And And I understand that we slowly, like, because we knew each other, we were a little more... Uh, like to the point from the beginning also that eggnog seems like it's really hitting like it seems like is is it cold or room temperature i'm just glad it's still cold because i'd be so mad if it had gotten warm by now uh okay so let's say the people who exactly when you said that i did understand a little bit that 
yeah, like telling strangers random stuff about you is a bit odd. But at the same time, would you would you say that there is some value in being able to own your story in a way that regardless of who knows it, I'm claiming this and you can ask me about it and I will double down on saying that I did say this, this was my life and I'm like the record you're leaving, even if your opinion changes, it seems like there is some value in actually being fully present and expressive about your being at that time. So like you could have been like, um, maybe you were a straight edge, like, um folk punk person seven years ago you weren't but let's just say and now you're not but if you had recorded a podcast at that time it would be a true expression of who you were being at that time and what your soul was going through mm -hmm. so I guess do you feel like if someone was held back by the idea of telling strangers do you have anything to tell them about it on why they might want to explore it or try it I don't think we're put on this earth to experience things by ourselves. What is the point of experiencing the good, the bad, and the ugly if you can't talk about it? We are all human beings. There are billions of us. No one individual story is truly unique, you know? And, like, that's another, like, thing that everybody gets up in arms about. It's like, oh, no, everybody's unique and different. Like, really, like, truly, honestly, we're not. There's at least a hundred thousand other people who sit in their rooms making paintings of their feelings, drinking eggnog out of a freaking half gallon, you know? What, like while I, doing a podcast, probably. Yeah. Like there's And while many, I'm like on the other side too, like there could be this is a pretty common configuration of humanity. Yeah. Like we're we're not truly a hundred percent unique, you know. Like everybody has at least seven people in the world who look like them. Like there are billions of people, okay, and at least one other person, at least one other person on this planet is going to have experienced something so similar to yours that hearing you talk about it can mean the world to them. I can't count the amount of times I've had people, you know, back when I was still doing my YouTube channel, which I think I'm going to try to start it up again. I just need to find a way to record videos that look good. I don't know. Um, I posted, uh, I can't remember exactly what, I think it was one of my open letters about my father's suicide. And somebody commented that they were so happy to have come across this video because it helped them process their own father's suicide. You know, stuff like that is the point, you know? I'm not saying we all need to write books and make YouTube videos and shout to from the rooftops every little thing that goes on. But there are some things that are worth being honest about, even if they're ugly. You know, like I talk about the big, the biggest thing I talk about is sobriety. Not because I think I'm so cool because I've managed to be sober, because it's a miracle I'm sober. And there are I some people- It's amazing there are some people who are struggling so hard they don't see sobriety in their future five years ago I didn't either you know it it, it it was hard and so when I can say I'm five years sober after being addicted from the age of 13 to 19 almost 20 like that's that's a big deal I'm still I'm still not I'm still not sober as long as I was addicted you know, and there are some people who are like, oh, I've been addicted to drugs for 10, 12 years. There's no way I could ever be sober. But and me saying, hey, you know, like I, I literally I thought I didn't even want to really get sober. 
you know, I thought I had to, but now that I, I've done it, I've realized that I needed to. And there's at least one person who will hear that story and be like, you know what? I can do it too. You know, I've been to NA, I've been to AA, I've talked to other people who have been in the same boats. And the reason that they keep going to NA, even if, like some people, a lot of people, when you, if you go to an NA meeting, a lot of the people there aren't actually sober yet. They're trying so fucking hard. And hearing other people talk about it and knowing that they are not alone, that's what gets them through the next day, you know? And that can be applied to anything. You know, are you depressed? Are you in an abusive relationship? Did your mom die when you were young? Like, there's somebody else who has been through that. And chances are, if you talk about it, you can help someone. And even if you don't feel like it's your duty, unfortunately, I think it's all of our duty. You know, we, we've kind of been thrown into this shit show of the world. None of us had a choice on being born. We're all here doing our best to get through, you know, and none of us are actually alone in it, but there are a lot of people who feel so alone. They feel like there's nothing they can do to get out of the hole. And I guess in a, in a way, like the, for those people who are in a hole, us talking about it, like that's a ladder, you know, like... It doesn't always have to be 100% transparency 100% of the time, but if you can just at least be authentic 10% of your time, if you can be, speak your truth, your individual truth to at least one person, that's making a difference, you know? I'm, I'm so glad you specified individual truth because someone would immediately think, yeah, 10% of the time I'm for sure authentic. I talk about trucks. I talk about like fishing. I talk about meditation, even that's in my case, right? But you yeah. mean someone being authentic about their specific human experience that has only been experienced by them in this specific nuanced way. Yeah. And I mean, and on the flip side of that is even if, even if you don't have the answer, even if you're speaking your truth because you don't know what the F it is and what's going on, somebody hearing your truth can might be able to be like hey you know i've been there you know here's what i did to get out of it you know like i can't count the amount of times i've met a friend's partner and been like um you shouldn't be with this person they're not going to be good for you and they're like oh no it's fine everybody fights and then six months later they have a black eye and they're calling me and begging me to come and pick them up can't count the amount of times that's happened. I feel like that's, oh my God, I was about to back out of being authentic. I feel like that's the case on some of the podcast episodes where I feel like the the co-host identifies a glaring issue in their life. But in the moment, I'm entered, like I'm aware that they're realizing it, so I don't pursue it. But I feel like gradually, like those things have been playing out in people's personal lives. And it's reminding me that the only way that all of that happened was by like trying to crack the egg of like, just like, hey, like, what do you do the rest of your time that we're not talking about this crazy, fanciful stuff? Like, um, but yeah, no, I think that that was, um, I feel a bit scared after saying all of that i'm like oh no now the the authenticity police are gonna like say that i and i guess 
that is this is probably the most this is at the crux of what you talk about about the real america or growing up in a certain way here or being programmed by media a certain way it seems like at the base of that is this like knowing that being authentic isn't enough so you have to start consuming and becoming something else to be better whoa wait what's happening are we going the other way now no this is how it's supposed to be uh, I okay just... i like it more now yeah so now it looks more like i don't know whatever you want it to look yeah. like I guess. no i like it i so wait now i've i remembered something really weird uh do you can we tell people about the upside down thing that happened on our instagram communications when we first met because i feel like oh my that gosh i do crazy high level supernatural stuff it was that was weird man okay so for for context for everybody listening as as, as Heather mentioned earlier he was promoting a clothing brand on tinder we had a short like five minute conversation on tinder and then i ended up following on instagram and we didn't actually talk on instagram for the first like what like two months yeah and also i'd just like to add for the sake of like con interest to the story let's say that we did meet on tinder and at the time i was like even entertaining like meeting people in some like non-platonic capacity when I met you, you were already dating someone. And I was completely confused at what the context of our limited dialogue was. I was like, this is a very strange, like slightly standoffish dialogue between us. And I'm like, I don't fully get it. So then what, so then, so you're on, so you followed me on Instagram and then I made a post like I was at the time extremely medicated on opioids and very like feeling dark energy, having bad things in my life. And I was making drawings and I started, I would post half a message normally and then half of the writing on my story would be upside down. Yeah. And then did you, you ended up responding to one of those in an upside down one? Or did you make your own upside down? I had made my own upside down post on my story. And because I was just like a, like a random, I would like write my extra depressing, like crazy things, things that would worry people if they actually read it. I would post those upside down. And then as I'm like scrolling through stories, yours comes up and yours has upside down writing. And the themes were similar, but they were posted at such different times. I was like, there's no way these are connected. But so then what I did was I made another upside down post that was a little bit more targeted to your exact like upside down post. I was like, I just, I'm just curious now. And then it just, we literally we just kept like communicating via Instagram stories with upside down text. And then all of a sudden I'm hanging out with you and you're at the time um, partner. And yeah. um, I was on a lot of Coke. And at one point, I think you guys gave me Coke. Um, hey, hey, you were you were gainfully employed and said that you were you were 
Or wait, I feel like we traded something for it. Is this illegal to talk about? Were we Probably. all over age? It was it was at a party of some sort. Um and there was a lot of people there and you guys you remember? said you, you didn't like it. The guy who wore his socks in the pool. Bro, that guy. She was my partner at the time was also cheating on me with him. And he was like 50 almost. Yeah. And like wore his socks in the pool and you couldn't stop pointing that out. Yeah. No, I do. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Um, but yeah, no, I remember it like, yeah, it was like it a little, it was like it. Oh, and do you remember when, do you remember when you guys asked me about dabbing and I walked in and you guys had accidentally bought an oil burner instead of a dabber? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. I'm not a cannabis expert, but there are some people who claim to be. But I just also I feel like I feel like I may have made a passing remark or something. Those wait, let me let me. I feel like I just want to shut the door for Xander's sake because it's fine, even if you heard it, it's funny, but. Am I am I stuck now or is it still? No, you're good. Okay. So I feel like this is a strange thing to say publicly, but I think it's good also. I we were um I just feel like I don't remember I said something or I did something or I looked in a direction that was awkward. And then I realized that it was awkward and I inform I don't know if I told you about it, but I've thought about it for like four years. For four years. So just so you know, I apologize. Yeah, I don't I, I was on so many drugs at the time. I I I I'm surprised I even remember the socks in the pool, to be honest. You you were pretty skinny then. Like in a scary yeah. way, like I that didn't mean that in a bad way. Just like that was well, no, I I was I was skin and bones. It was real bad. I wasn't eating. I was sleeping. I was only doing drugs. It was bad. Because I was also like that, and then, and then we both like there was like unity in that. I was like, yeah, like hey, my fellow skeleton, how are you? And you're like, what is up? You are also a skeleton. You're like I I think I literally. When we met at one point, I weighed 147 pounds. I'm 182 right now. So obviously yeah, I would have been like I would have probably been like one one five, one yeah, ten. It was there was not and a my, person my there. healthy weight for my body type and my build, my healthy weight, as told to me by the only nutritionist I've ever seen, is I need to be sitting somewhere between 160 and 175. Dude, so that I was, was like, crazy. I we were like, small. We were up. like very messed up. Did we yeah. eat? I didn't. I remember eating nachos and like the cheese at Circle K, the hot cheese and the chips. Yes. Oh my gosh. I yeah, that was probably the only thing I ever ate. Uh, that was a good... the roller grill items. They would make us throw away the roller grill items, so I would just eat a couple of those. Okay, yeah. can I can we just go? Did you start cleaning the roller grill better after you started eating items from it? I always cleaned it really well. 
Like, I honestly didn't. So at the, the one I worked at, they literally would make you take a sponge and water. And that's it. Yeah. That is it. And I'm like, dude, we are going to murder a human being one day. Oh, and the soda nozzles. At my store, I was the only one who cleaned the soda nozzles. And I only worked two nights a week. We've talked about soda. No- and you know what's crazy? People tell me sometimes someone also asked me this about you, actually, like on Cat the Alien 7 or 8. So that's like a long time ago, like six months ago. Someone said, but uh, why do you and Cat always talk about working at a gas station if you don't work there anymore? It's crazy. You're frozen. What do you mean? What? How about now? You're back. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I think the reason I talk about working at the gas station the most is I saw so many different versions of humanity on those graveyard shifts. Like the types of people that go into a gas station at three o'clock in the morning are very specific types of people. And I'd see people at their worst and I'd see them at their best. You know, I had customers who'd be like, yeah, I just got an awesome job today. I'd have customers who'd be like, my dog died. And like people, people love telling the gas station clerk their business. Like, yeah. Wait, I have a question. Do you, were you in Arizona in, well, it's, this isn't relevant, but since you were telling stories that people tell a lady that came in to the Circle K I worked at on Mill and Southern for anyone who needs details. That's Mill Avenue and Southern Avenue in Tempe, Arizona. If you're looking for... Totally awesome, normal place. That, uh, one of my customers who was a regular, she ended up murdering her two kids in the apartment complex right next door, the Tides. And basically... I saw her like maybe the day before she did that, like one day, like nine hours before the cops started coming in and asking questions on if we've seen her and if she comes in here. And and I guess the the crime scene was so gruesome that like all the cops had to go into therapy and then the same or something like that. I don't really know what happened, but like Not surprising. To and be that apartment has been cleaned and occupied since. And there was apparently like blood everywhere and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, like, why is, I don't know, gas station life was crazy, but it was only two years. So anyway, we yeah, did, we did, I, we did luckily, a good tour. Luckily, I only, I was only at Circle K for like a year. Hey, you're, uh, you're not, you can say luckily you were only there for a year, but you're not counting that you were double shifting at a smoke shop overnight. So you were technically working at two Circle Ks, basically. I Yeah, so I, I did. I was working the hotel. Well, for a few months, I was working the hotel, the smoke shop, and the Circle K. And then I went to just the smoke shop and the Circle K. And then I just went to just the smoke shop because I was making good money there. I could afford my Coke habit. But I remember it's so funny. It's what's even funnier about that is the reason that the guy at the smoke shop hired me is because I only ever went in there for vapes and cannabis stuff. So he had no idea that I was like on anything else. He was like, Yeah, as long as you're not on like Coke or meth or anything, we're good. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, totally. Just cannabis for me. Um, and then I went, uh, I bought a bullet um 
which I'm not going to let anybody know what that is because we do not encourage drug use. Um, yes. And my coworker was like, why are you buying that? And I was like, oh, it's just for my friend. It happens. It happens. But, but only through that were we able to end up here. But ideally, if you can avoid doing cocaine to get to the place where you're not doing it, yeah. because it does a lot of damage on the way. Yeah, it, it does. I wake up with nosebleeds three times a week and I've been sober for five years. Thank God you said that because I was going to say a lot of digestive stuff. I'm just going to leave it at that, friends. That too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the back of my teeth are like rotted. From like grinding or something From, I I was a huge fan of gummers. So like my teeth are super fucked up. What are gummers? oh wow yeah i didn't know that 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 makes sense that it would do stuff i just yeah. didn't it's, i didn't know people who only do it the normal way tend to have less teeth problems but when you yeah it's real bad and then just the drip can cause like the problems in your esophagus like i'm pretty sure my like throat is scarred to all hell so yeah i don't know obviously obviously it's bad and it's not something you should do ever but it definitely taught me a lot of lessons about the importance of health and life and not doing drugs stop thumbs upping jesus there's got okay. we have to be able to turn that off or something I yeah mean, it's, kind of like I, it's funny zach found it in two seconds when we were talking the setting but i know if i start looking for it right now it'll take me like i'll end the call back Do it. give me my fireworks it's not giving me fireworks. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what I did. I think I just went like this. Mine keeps popping up. Okay. No. Okay. It just keeps the thumb. Wait. Mine isn't, it's not working for me anymore. Okay. Anyway. Um, speaking, I saw an ad recently for de, uh, dehydrated, like, caffeine and this other chemical in a powder that's white and i'm pretty sure it's being sold for snorting and doing bumps off and it's very strange to me that like that's really weird yeah there's a lot of stuff like that on the market my stepdad used the caffeine powder and mix it into everything stop putting your thumb up and it'll stop doing it wait he put caffeine powder in everything yeah my stepdad has a brain injury nothing he does makes sense no i'm i'm fascinated by it i want i wonder what that made him feel like all day um my stepdad drinks a lot of caffeine it's a very very bad problem like how much like are we talking two more than two energy drinks a day essentially yeah you know those like crystal light packet things they have they have some with some with caffeine in them He'll put two or three of those in a cup like this. And that's basically, he just drinks that all day. And he used to get this tea imported from India, I think. That was like, had like similar effects of caffeine or whatever, but it's not um, approved by the FDA for human consumption. Whoa, I want this immediately. I, that, I'm sold on it. Okay. Yeah. A random smoke shop question. What is the weirdest thing that you've sold at the smoke shop? 
Um, I mean, it was just your standard stuff, just drug paraphernalia and like yeah, but, shirts but, and. But sale wise, what was the weirdest? Because I know they sell a lot of weird stuff there. They sell a lot of like extra pills, random stuff. Oh yeah, like the like the the men's erectile dysfunction pills that aren't Viagra, and the stamina pills, and the weight loss pills. What's um, the weight loss one for? Why would you buy that at a smoke shop? I don't understand. I would definitely not recommend buying pills from a smoke shop. Um, we used to sell colored contacts before there was that huge crackdown on it. Oh yeah, wait. Why did smoke? I feel like it was like a rave culture thing, right? Yeah, kind of, kind like of. smoke shops seem to be connected to that in some way. Yeah, a lot of them were. Yeah. And then like, I guess there was like some law that was passed or something. And we had some people show up to our store and be like, you got to get rid of these contacts by the end of the month and whatever. I don't know. What about um, whippets? Did you ever sell whippets? Can you explain to me what whippets are? Because up till I know because John always make jokes about it, but I don't know exactly what it is. They're so like the compressed air canisters. They're literally just going and killing their brain cells. It gives you like a 30 second buzz. I used to sell them by the box. People would come in and buy like 10 boxes worth. What's really funny about that though, was I had one customer who was an actual chef who was actually buying them for their intended purpose of a whipped cream, they're for, they're for professional grade whipped cream canisters. I'm yeah, completely so I had, confused right now. Yeah, so I had one customer who was like a legitimate chef who was legitimately buying them to use them in a whipped cream canister because we sold them cheaper than other places. Wait, so how often do people... I know it's a weird question. Who does whippets? Like, what demographic? Which demographic? Um, I actually had an ex in high school who used to do them. It's, it's like the kind kids? of... Huh? Is it younger people who don't know about better ways to get high? Basically, it's a lot of young people and ravers. There's a lot. There's um, I think it's like the they call them the wook the wooks or whatever. Those people usually do them. What's the um, wooks? Who are they? I, I don't know. To be honest, I stopped raving after my like seventh rave. Still, just, what is your theory of what a wook is? They're like, like they're the... like the really they're like the really dirty like. Uh, they're typically they're usually white people with dreads um for one um but yeah they're they're usually i know they're they're categorized as being extra dirty extra smelly they basically just walk around raves trying to bum things off of people or looking for ground scores um yeah whippets are absolutely so bad for you though like they they kill your brain cells so fast it's like you're literally practically killing yourself Wow, I just Googled it and the answers I've gotten are very strange. A wook is just a pile of drugs and dirt mixed together that has grown sentient. Yeah, basically. That's what I've heard, yeah. One thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is the term wook is derived from wookie, as in Chewbacca from Star Wars. There are many different archetypes of wooks, like the bro squatch, noted by the adopt a wook foundation yeah so. see i stopped going to raves after i went to one and i asked this girl if she was okay and she was like yeah i just did a lot of math and i was like oh 
I thought we were just doing like, I thought we were just tripping and rolling, but I guess we're doing meth. So I stopped going to raves after that. Okay. Also, in retrospect, Molly isn't that fun. Don't know why I did it so often. I I agree. And I feel like this is like a harsh thing to say, but I can't like. I like, you know how we obviously we're casually talking about drugs right now, but you, I know that you definitely clearly don't consider cocaine in the same class as cannabis in terms of its current state and if it's healthy for consumption and if you can tell a kid about it and that type of stuff, like in terms of the benefits. But I feel like some people have like this weird, I don't know what it is, but they justify um, MDMA as like, uh, or Molly as some kind like, yeah, yeah, like Molly's good, but it's literally a synthetic drug. Like, I don't understand. So, I know that there has been some research done that has shown that, like, Molly and, like, MDMA and, like, ecstasy and stuff have some, like, positive benefits on the brain. Yeah, for and, PTSD like, and stuff. I agree yeah, with that completely. A clinical setting. The only thing I ever remember about rolling is about two days afterwards, I feel so absolutely terrible I wanted to die. Yes. I... No, that's that's all. I just I guess what I'm besides the actual like um, the effects of it and how it manifests in different people. And the I was thinking of the name of effects to sound more scientific, but I couldn't. Uh, it's weird that something that's so synthetically made is associated with a culture that is apparently so much about love and light and healing because it ultimately seems like MDMA is just about feeling good. And it does have a detrimental effect in the long run. So I'm just confused about how it's somehow normalized, like the same as though like, oh, I smoked a bowl. I also I'm rolling right now. Like, I don't understand how they're in the same category, because it seems to be not the same at all. I just would like to point out that it is not even five o'clock and the sun is basically gone. Whoa. Um, it's Arizona's kind of like that right now. Like it's about to be dark here and it's like in an hour. I don't know. I'm like, I'm so, I can't wait for the summer when the sun doesn't set till nine o'clock. Oh man, I can't believe it's already almost five o'clock. This has gone on very long, hasn't it? How long has it been? Like, uh, what what time did we start? It was two thirty my time. One thirty, I guess. So, I don't know. I can't do math. I'm gonna be honest. I'm struggling. With yeah, it's been like over Five. two hours, a little bit. Two and a half hours. Okay, I feel like we can. That painting, by the way, can we just? show it to the camera in its entirety let's see if i can where do you have your other ones up the other one that you painted here from oh from my last one yes so the people can see oh my paintings are sticking together
they're all stuck together. <laughs> That's something. I feel like that could be, imagine if you sold painting stacks. This one? That's upside it's, down. This one. Honestly, I don't know if you see what I see, but it looks like it's like getting closer. Like your perspective went from outside to the, you're zooming in slowly. Yeah, kind of. I kind of don't want to see what's at the level more zoomed in than this. Remember uh, when I was painting yeah. like this? Was, you still can. It's allowed if you feel like. I, 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 I'm not a, that one scares me. That's where you get some mumbles from me and a whimper. This is the one. Yeah. These are all, I feel like these are all connected to the podcast somehow. We should. Most of them are. A good portion of them are. One of them, I, two of them I painted while listening to one episode. One of them. I wasn't taking credit for your art, by the way. Sorry. No, no. And then it's one like, of them... I did those. I did those, by the way. I made those. Um, one of them, I remember a while ago, I asked everybody to give me a color. And only a few people gave me a color. But one of them uses the colors. Since, we, since you said that, this may be a good way to end. And I don't really know how to talk about this. But when we said the people, we were talking about the Discord, the Idiot Mystic Discord. Um, it is a place where we all talk about stuff. And I feel like a lot of like the narrative between episodes like unfolds there. It's also where I give at least hopefully once a day a reminder of how important you are and how worthy you are of love and how much you deserve kindness. If you need reminders like that, because we all yes. need reminders like that. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that's actually it's like one of those things where I said like, yeah, it's a great place to talk about stuff. It's like no cat reminds us to not be an idiot sometimes. It's yeah. very important. That's what I'm um, here for. Yes. Know your uh, word. I guess we can end with what you're doing after this, as this is a chronicle of the cat, the alien story. Or yes, what's happening next? Sorry, the train. Um, I'm probably actually going to call my mom and see if she wants to come and pick me up. I was supposed to go over there today, but I didn't want to. But now I kind of want to. I feel like this is good. This feels yeah. it, the authenticity of not wanting to go there and then wanting to go there. Yeah. Sometimes I want to get my tongue pierced just to have something to do that with. But then I feel like Xander will just rip it out, dude. I feel like we'll be wrestling and it'll just something bad will happen. I can't risk it. I bite it on accident a lot. Yeah, I don't believe that it's on accident at all. I just think you just bite it. You're just like, hey, Austin. Well, no, I'll be like <laughs> eating. Like... I'll be eating and it'll like like get caught in. Yeah, it's not fun. But for the most part, it's totally fine. It doesn't bother me. It's fun. Now I'm okay. I can't. I okay so what are you doing after this i'm gonna call my mommy the mother stuff and then when you go there what usually occurs i'm gonna borrow their car <laughs> so i can run to the smoke shop so i can get more vapes because i'm almost out
you're buying whippets. I knew it. I knew yeah. this whole thing. Absolutely. This is my preferred whippet method now. Wait, what is that? Why is it so um, like cool looking? Got a little spaceman on it. It is um THCA, HHCA, and Delta 9. We need, I need to catch up on the cannabinoids, the new ones. I'm a little behind on understanding them. From what yeah. I've come to understand, THCA is basically just pre-activated THC. So it's still like it basically takes out what makes you high and then gives you the rest of the benefits. What about HHC? I don't remember. I just know. I just remember that THCA, HHCA, and HHCP are the ones that I like. So whenever I go and ask if they have any, I'm like, I want one with this in it. Because I know that that's what makes me feel less pain and more like in control of my emotions without being high so that I'm still here and clear and queer. That was the, that's what I'm talking about. Script writing. Masterclass. Netflix, here, Hulu. Here and clear and queer. That's, that's, I want to call this episode that, but I feel like that's. When I worked at the hotel, I would walk in because we had the little bar. I'd be like, I'm here. I'm queer. I'm ready to serve some beer. Um, And one of my coworkers really loved it. And my, like, my, like, kind of homophobic coworker absolutely hated it, which made it that much better. That is, yes, let's, that is a great note to end on. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Love, Love thank you. And for having me on and hopefully it won't be as long in between before our next session there there are no finals and no school for a month it's time to just record episodes about about being authentic while we're being authentic and just like talk ourselves into a hole that is too confusing to come out of sounds perfect to me okay radical all right you have a good one ciao you too bye Wait, should I end meeting or press stop recording? Okay, I'll stop recording.